why is Netflix correcting, but some of the rest of the market isn't? Yeah, so um, look at what happened uh, during COVID. Um, it was the companies that were losing money, Peloton, uh, mm-hmm. Netflix. So I would argue that um, when um, when the Fed's printing money, it's it, it's a financing. The system is a financing mechanism, not an investing system, right? Um, so what, what you were seeing during COVID, you were seeing companies that um, being rewarded for losing money, mm-hmm. right? Which isn't a capitalist society. Um, no. So um, so with, as the Fed printed money, you saw companies that lost money go up the most. And then um, once the Fed steps aside, you're seeing companies like Netflix and Peloton and all these other companies fall. Um, I mean, Roku, take your pick. All these companies are, are now falling like crazy. And by the way, they're not falling individually. They're falling together. All of them. Hey, everybody. This is Rob Keens with GoldSilverPros.com. We're recording this on the 3rd of May, 2022, I have to get used to saying May because the year is just moving so, so fast. I'm joined by a returning guest. This is Chris Galizio. He is a portfolio manager. He worked for Fidelity for 11 years and was manager for the Focus Large Cap Growth Fund and is also executive producer of The Money Game. He's going to be here today to talk about what's going on in the economy and why it doesn't make sense. For a lot of you, I know you've been wondering why things don't make sense. He's going to talk about that and he's going to give us an update on the movie as well. Chris, thank you for joining the program. Thanks, Rob. It's great to be here. So uh, give us a little bit about your background. I know we had you on the conference and you've been on the channel a couple of times, but it's been a little while as you've been, you know, deeply embedded and in, in working on the movie. Give us a little bit about your background. So um, I've been in the investment business for 30 years. Um, mm-hmm. I worked at Pioneer Investments, um, ran an emerging markets fund. So I have some good experience internationally. Um, then I moved to um, the U.S. Um, and ran a growth fund for years. I grew up at Pioneer Investments. Then I shift out, shifted over from Pioneer to Fidelity and grew a fund from $20 million to $7 billion in the growth market, um, in the growth growth context. Um, so um, in, then, then after leaving Fidelity, I started a hedge fund. Um, I wrote a paper called The $340 Trillion Problem, referring to the dollar system that we're in and how it basically sucks all the money out of the real economy um, and slows the real economy. Um, so um, then, then I started to realize that things just don't make sense. Um, and, and, and so I, so I um, decided to, and I, I've never seen a time where markets who are so broken than they are today. Um, what you're seeing isn't, isn't um, capitalism anymore. It's essentially planned economies. The Fed intervened in markets. They broke the system. Um, and you can see it from things like, um, I mean, so when I started in the business, 10% of the market was passive and 5% mm-hmm. was gone. Now you're looking and you're seeing that 60% of the market is passive and 20% is quant. I think it's actually a little higher. Those, those, those stats were from uh, 2019. It's higher now. Um, so I don't understand how people could say that markets are efficient when the entire thing is just going up and down together. I would argue that the whole thing now is a policy tool of the Fed, right? And I don't, I don't believe any longer that the Fed, um, that, that markets predict anything. I think they react to Fed policy. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I also, I'm also looking at the market and seeing that during COVID, what you saw was um, companies that lost money went up the most. Um, companies like Netflix and, um, and PayPal and Amazon and things like this went up the most. Um, over the last week, you just saw, everyone just saw that last quarter that Amazon produced. Um, again, I look at um, free cash flow and I, I, I take out stock-based comp. When I look at it, because that's how you would look at it academically, you wouldn't look at earnings, right? You would look at cash flow. 
So over the last four quarters, um, Amazon lost $39 billion and trades at $1.4 trillion. Um, and it grew at 6%. Mm-hmm. So I don't see how, if, if you have to put that to numbers, is we all know what the value of a company that's growing at 6% losing $39 billion is. It's zero. Right? That's so, so, so for people to say that markets are efficient, mm-hmm. um, I don't believe it anymore. I think the, the whole thing is just a policy tool of the Fed. Yeah, so that's interesting that you mentioned that Netflix that you mentioned earlier has been crashing. It, it's crashed a lot. Do you think there's more rationality come back to markets or do you think that's an anomaly? Because I still see companies like Tesla, which is finally is making money, still overvalued. The tech sector is completely overvalued, especially on the top end. There's still a lot of overvaluation and, and things that we'll get into later, like commodities are completely undervalued. So it's not an efficient market, like you said. Why is Netflix correcting, but some of the rest of the market isn't? Yeah, so... um. Look at what happened uh, during COVID. Um, it was the companies that were losing money, Peloton, uh, mm-hmm. Netflix. So I would argue that um, when um, when the Fed's printing money, it's it, it's a financing. The system is a financing mechanism, not an investing system, right? Um, so what, what you were seeing during COVID, you were seeing companies that um, being rewarded for losing money, mm-hmm. right? Which isn't a capitalist society. Um, no. So um, so with, as the Fed printed money, you saw companies that lost money go up the most. And then um, once the Fed steps aside, you're seeing companies like Netflix and Peloton and all these other companies fall. Um, I mean, Roku, take your pick. All these companies are, are now falling like crazy. And by the way, they're not falling individually. They're falling together, all of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. So for people to say that um, it's, individual, um, it's individual stocks are going up because of, because of their fundamentals, it doesn't make any sense. They, they went yeah. up n- not because of fundamentals, but because of macro situation. And now they're coming down, not because of fundamentals, but because of macro. Right. So getting back to your previous point, Fed prints money, that's a signal to the market or eases. That's a signal to the market of, of the monetary policy. You, we've shown the chart where uh, mm-hmm. you divide one by, you know, the real interest rate. And that gives you asset valuation potentially unlimited. When we go to negative real interest rates, which we are at right. because of, of the policy. Then you have all the passive investing, which is people not making their own decisions on what they want to invest in and allowing somebody to do it. But you've said before, that's not money managers anymore. It's the quant. It's the computers. So really, that system is 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 not what it used to be. But people are making the assumption it is what it used to be. Can you just explain a little bit more about the mechanics of it for people? hundred percent. So um, so. Um, my belief is that when the Fed intervened in bond markets, and we have this in, uh, in the movie, um, when the mm-hmm. Fed intervened in bond markets, it broke the ecosystem. And that was 2008. Mm-hmm. So once the Fed stepped in and started um, started uh, intervening, um, you saw the system, system shift away from capitalism towards central mm-hmm. planning. Um, and so, um, so again, I don't. you were talking about how, um, how people believe something. I don't believe it's people anymore. I think the majority of the market now is, um, is quant and passive. And you can look at it from the numbers, 80%, I think it's higher now, um, is, um, is, um, is quantum passive. And it, quantum passive didn't win because they're better allocators of capital. They won because of moral hazard, right? Mm-hmm. So if you looked at, if you looked at, um, if you looked at Amazon, um, um, you, or you looked at, I mean, if you, if you looked at some of these companies, you, you would, as an as a investor saying, okay, I'm looking for cash flow, you would have said, never buy that. As the Fed um, cut interest rates and printed money, it sent all these things up um, like like crazy, um, and money shifted from um, from active managers to passive and quant. Um, and now I would say the stocks are completely disconnected from fundamentals, and um, and it's pretty obvious for anyone to see. And so the biggest points we have in money game 
are that um, the ecosystem of capitalism changed. And I believe it's no longer capitalism central planning. And number number that's point number one. And number two is um, we have the biggest groupthink in financial markets history from the efficient market thesis. Because pe- it's not people anymore investing in markets. It's um, it's um, it's quantum passive. Um, so um, so I would argue now the stock market is just a policy tool of the Fed. And so there's the, the, the stock market doesn't react to things. They don't they don't predict things. It just um, it just if, if the Fed uh, continues with quantitative tightening, all that's going to happen is it's going to pull this, the stock market's going to fall. The whole from, from since 2008, I would argue that most of the growth in markets um, was um, wasn't growth from the economy. We had the slowest recovery in history. Uh, growth rates from from productivity growth from 2018 to 2000 I'm sorry 2008 to 2019 was 2.2 percent the lowest it's been in, in the lowest recovery in history then we had COVID um, and now stock markets have higher than they were then all this is is a, um, a wealth effect and um, it, it we, we explain it in the movie is um, as interest rates fall um, asset prices rise and no one ever thought about what happens when interest rates go negative in the movie, we talk about it as um, the, it, once once interest rates go negative, all assets are worth infinite, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so we we talk about my coffee being infinite, my um, my desk being infinite, my chalkboard being infinite. Um, of course, none of that makes sense, um, but that's where we are. But but you, people still believe that markets are efficient, and yet um, we're we're looking at GDP growth for the last quarter of negative point one point four percent, and stocks at high sky high valuations. Um, so the other talk- thing is they, they divide things. Um, and they 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 think them think of the market as this is one conjoined thing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, so so I'm looking at companies in commodity space that again don't make sense on the other side. So on the one side you have Amazon and Netflix and Chipotle and all these companies trading at 200 times free cash flow or or or, or negative earnings. On the other side, I can find I, I saw today, um, Canfor is a lumber lumber company trades at 1.9 billion dollars and earned five million dollars five hundred million dollars. So over the next three quarters, they're going to have all their money money back. Uh, but you can you can do the same thing with um with energy companies, with um with oil companies or natural gas. Natural prices are going through the moon, and these things are trading at three, four times earnings. Um, so um, and by the way, we're also in a situation where um the last time um um so right now our interest rates are 025 percent, and inflation's running at eight. Um, I, I would believe that inflation goes higher from here, not lower. Um, mm-hmm. The last time we were at we had we had eight percent um, inflation, in, that was during Paul Volcker's time in 1981. Interest rates were 13 percent, and here we are at 0.25. Um, so, in my opinion, this the, the 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 Fed is now trapped. If they let interest rates go up too much, it collapses the economy. You just can't do the math on it. I mean, we have thirty trillion dollars in debt. So if interest rates go to five percent, which they're getting close now, um, but if interest rates go to five percent, that's one point four trillion. Um, the Fed brings in tax revenues of four trillion. That would be thirty percent of, of of money of their their um, inflows go to debt service, and we're already running deficits. Mm-hmm. So um, honestly, what, what we're trying to do with um, with money game is we're trying to t- timestamp a, mon- a a monetary transition. Because I believe at some point the Fed's going to have to um, um, start printing money again, right? Because they're going to have to. Um, I mean, you're seeing all these things across the board. Like uh, Japan has been the biggest buyers of U.S. Treasuries, and as you, as you can see, the um, the Japanese yen has devalued from hundred dollar hundred uh, yen per dollar to one hundred and thirty. Um, so there goes that one of their buyers. 
The second biggest buyers of, um, of U.S. Treasury is China. And do you believe that China is going to keep buying our bonds? No, so absolutely. They do not want to. Yeah. Right. And they're, they're, they're realigning. They're realigning around the BRIC model and the Belt and Road Initiative to be a competitor to the U.S. So they're not going to finance the U.S. anymore. They're, they're trying to build their own economy and they're trying to become independent of the of that U.S. system. Correct. So what you're going to see is you're going to see at some point as interest rates rise. I mean, we're, we're, all we're seeing is simple economics take, take hold now. Um, mm -hmm. It's just simple crowding out. Right. And so as interest rates rise, at some point, the Fed's going to be faced with the decision. Are we going to let this whole thing collapse, this whole welfare thing collapse, or we're going to print money? And I believe at some point, I'm not sure where, where I would say over the next uh, quarter, um, the Fed's going to step back in and start printing money. But they're going to be printing money into inflation. Right. And when you print money into inflation, it just spurs the inflation. And so I think you and by the way, look at the commodity companies. They're trade. I mean, I, like I said, Canfor trades at one times. And so so I don't believe people, the market's predicting that there's going to be higher inflation in the future. Uh, um, it's I, I, again, I think it reacts to Fed policy. Yeah, I agree with you. So where are we in terms of uh, a, just a, a general timeline in terms of where this is going? To me, it, it speaks to potential hyperinflation, debt collapse, those types of things that people don't like to talk about. I mean, I think, do you think I, we're going there? Or do you think the, the Fed can save it? And if so, how far are we along? I mean, OK, so I would say we're in the first, maybe second inning. OK. And yes, I think it's possible that we go into hyperinflation. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually think we're tied directly um, to um, to uh, Japan um, mm -hmm. and Japan has already. I mean, so I think our, our, our uh, we're, we're tied to them directly and they're already in the water. Mm -hmm. um, and so if um, if um, and so I just think it's going to pull pull us right right in um, because there's no there's the only buyer left um, for um, for these bonds. We have enormous amounts of bonds is um, is the Fed. And so I think the Fed eventually is going to be fed step, step to Fed. It's going to be forced to step in and start mm -hmm. buying bonds. And if they do, we're going to we're going to spur the inflation. So I think it's honestly, I think for um, for we have a chance with our, our movie money game um, to timestamp a currency transition. Um, this has never happened. Right. We're in the we're under the dollar system. By the way, the dollar system doesn't work. I mean, we're all seeing it. So so it's not a negative. It's actually a positive for the globe. If the if the dollar system, if the, if the dollar starts falling, you're going to see. Um, um, manufacturing in the U.S. boom. You're going to see commodity prices boom. You're going to see the economy. The economy start allocating scarce resources appropriately. Um, we're going to actually the real economy will actually start to grow again. So it's actually a positive story, not a negative story. So talk about the the movie. You guys are done shooting, right? We're done. We're done. So um, we have. So the theme of the movie is capitalism requires risk to allocate scarce resources. When you remove risk from a system, you change the ecosystem. Um, mm -hmm. And you can see it from um, from when we started um, when I started in the business 30 years ago, market the market was 10 percent uh, passive and 5 percent quant. Now it's 60 percent passive and 25, 20, 25 percent quant. Um, mm -hmm. So um, so when you when you remove that, when you move risk from an ecosystem, it changes the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so so here we are. And we, we think so what we did was we, we just shot um, our budget for the movie was a million dollars. Our film crew who just shot Coda um, and shot. Um, the uh, the the sixty million dollar budget movie um, I want to dance with somebody about the, about the story of Whitney Houston loves mm -hmm. our movie um, they said it was it was um, they said it was just a lot very entertaining movie um, and um, with a, with a huge um, message um, for the globe um, and they also believe that um, that it looks like a seven to ten million dollar movie uh, based on the budget mm -hmm. I mean our 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 um, 
our director did an amazing job, Julian Lowenthal. I can't believe for a million dollars we put together a movie as great as this. We had some great actors um, that were just um, that had epic performances. So what we did was we put together a movie um, to show current day situation and how things don't make sense. Um, the CEO of them, we're, we're basically we we have, we're paralleling two different economies: the real economy um, through James, our main character, um, who who's, um, who falls in love with. Um, um, our, our lead actress, um, mm -hmm. and, um, and the CEO of the next big thing, um, which is the CEO of a, it's, it's kind of like Snapchat or TikTok, um, things like that, making hundreds of millions of dollars on his, in his new app, which is barely, um, has barely even started. Um, mm -hmm. but you're seeing that in the real world. You're seeing things like Rivian trading. I think Rivian had at one point hit $150 billion. Again, I don't think this is a investing system. I think it's a financing system. Um, so if you sell 10% of your shares at 150 billion, you have $10 billion. I think most of us could put together a car company for, for if you had 10, you could, you could, you could certainly build a lot of plants for $10 billion. Mm -hmm. Um, considering that if you look at General Motors, their, their entire market caps, what is a hundred billion or something, maybe 80, 90 billion. Um, so 10 billion is a lot of money to start to, to produce stuff. But again, if, if any of us, if they handed us that kind of money, we could produce those things too. So what do you think is next for the movie? Are you guys going into post-production? And if so, uh, people want to see it. When do you think that that's going to come out? So I would anticipate, so right now we're going to, we're, we're in post-production. We're going to do editing. Uh, we just finished a week ago. We're going to, we're going to add soundtrack and color um, and make it um, just more entertaining and more interesting. Then we'll mm -hmm. probably going to, um, to film festivals to try to present it and present the idea. Um, I feel like we're, I'm Christopher Columbus. Uh, basically saying the world is round uh, because mm -hmm. every, everyone always starts their sentences with the reason the stocks went up is because this, the reason they went down is because this. And it, I don't believe it has anything to do with that anymore. I think, it, I think they completely disconnected fundamentals from, from, um, from stock prices. Um, yeah. So, but our next, so our next thing is to um, go into um, to film festivals. And I think um, the movie will probably end up. Um, the, the other thing is we have three of our big actors that are, and I want to dance with somebody. So that comes mm -hmm. out December 24, December of 2022. So I think we'd want to come out a little after that. So let's say around mm -hmm. um, February, March is when we'd probably have our movie done. So talk about some of the actors that are in it. I know that you've been impressed with, with their performances as you watch them uh, do the filming, but talk about some of those names. Yeah. So Daniel Washington is our, is our lead actor. Mm -hmm. Um, He's um, he's just a he's a great straight guy. Um, he's um, he's just very likable, and that's what we're trying to get with him. Um, he falls in love with um, Katie Katie Lynn um, Johnson, who um, we couldn't have found a better lead actress. Um, she was just she's just so professional. Um, so um, she's just um, you know she she never missed lines. Um, she's she's everyone's going to love her. Um, and then we have Terrence McFadden um, Jr. Terrence is plays the biggest. Uh, he just kind of plays a jerk. He plays the villain, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is exactly opposite of um, Terrence's personality. But boy, does he do a great job with with his role. I think people are going to remember that um, his um, his performance for years. I just think it's one of those things that people are going to go, "Oh, do you remember uh, Terrence McFadden?" Mm -hmm. um, so the next, by the way, the next big thing, uh, the name of the company is Tap It. Because you're going to see everyone tapping their phones and saying, and, and, and you know, so I think it's funny, um, but it's um, that's the next big thing. And he's the CEO of Tappet making hundreds of millions of dollars. So I think we, we put together a pretty good movie. So a lot of times movies like these will make actors careers. Now, you do have established actors, but 
when movies like this go viral, which this one could because it's very topical about what's going on. And and I think for the budget that you have, you had exceptionally good actors. I know I've been on independent film sets, and a lot of movies are made for this budget. But the actors aren't of the quality. I mean, no offense to those movies, but they're not of the quality of what you guys got. Right. So I'm thinking that the quality of what you guys produced uh, is going to lead to great outcomes for people you know, who got invested in the movie. But I think it's going to resonate with people because the actors that you have in the performance that they're giving are very real and organic in a lot of ways. They're, they're coming from their heart in reaction to how they're interpreting this. So it could be one of those things that really does really well. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens when you guys go out to the film festivals. Um, do you think that that's going to start occurring this year or next year or what is oh, the no, no. Definitely. We're going to be out in the film festivals within, um, within a month or two months. Okay. Um, I think Julian is, has basically locked himself in a room and um, is doing mm-hmm. editing for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and he's, he's Julian's the type of guy who just pushes things forward uh, really quickly. Um, he just, he's, he just, he's a doer who just gets things done. Um, so, I would anticipate within the next month, um, we'll, we'll, he'll, he'll be pretty close to done, and we'll be out uh, marketing. Um, and by the way, we have the biggest topic in the world. Um, when you remove one risk, um, stocks going down, right? By controlling interest rates, they're trying to prop up stock markets, which sends all the money to the rich at the expense of the poor, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so because, it, because when you remove one risk uh, from an ecosystem, um, stocks might not go down, um, but, you're, um, but, but inflation occurs, right? And so here we are. Um, that you're you're seeing the biggest topic in in um, in presidential debates or or um, or um, uh, elections right now is inflation, and that's our mm-hmm. topic, right? When you when you remove risk from a system, you create inflation. When you remove um, when when you remove lions from Africa, um, you um, the gazelle population explodes. But when you remove one risk, you're not going to get eaten by a lion, but um, you'll 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 die of scarcity. You'll the system will die off from scare from um, lack of water, um, you know, because you need to allocate scarce resources. Yeah, and essentially what we're saying is it's no longer capitalism. I think we, you know, the times that you've been on, we definitely made that point. I wanted to show on screen the IMDb uh, entry for Money Game. Uh, it's all here. People want to go look at it. We've got uh, all the actors here and all the information uh, for people who are interested. Uh, Chris, for people who are interested in finding out more about the movie, maybe how they can support it, how they can see it, who should they contact? I mean, you can contact me. Um, mm-hmm. My my. Um, email is um, C Galizio. So it's C G A L I Z I O at Comcast.net. Um, my text 1 508 1483. I'm just a real guy. Um, so I'll get mm-hmm. back to you. You can also find me on LinkedIn under Chris Galizio um, and executive producer of Money Game. Okay. Awesome. Chris, thanks uh, for coming back on the program. We look forward to more updates as you guys you know, go out to the movie festivals and get it ready for production. Thanks again, Robin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime.